0: Oh, hello there, folks. Thank you for joining me on this episode of De- Taxes and Comedy. Uh, this episode was with my my son, and it was actually some time ago, but I wanted to upload it anyways, and even though a bunch of things have changed from the point that we recorded this episode to this present time. Pretty cool to kind of look back and see some of the changes and some of the things that he was talking about in this episode. So I uh, just want to say thanks for listening and enjoy as you listen into our conversation.
1: A conversation between a father and a son. All right. Well. Conversation about what? Don't matter. Whatever. We need to have. Some Can
2: you speak a little of, louder? We need to have some sort of Control some sort of direction.
1: All right. The direction is we're just talking about stuff in our life. All right. It's just a conversation about between what? the father and the son. Se- you, are you even talking to the mic? I am. No, you're being soft. Look, like you're talking like this, and nobody could hear you. I don't have that loud of a voice. Yes, you do. It's just a matter of just look, you just kind of make, try to make deeper talking. Yeah. What's up, baby? Mm hmm. <laughs> I got a sling
2: blade. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I can't. Okay, mm. I just gotta get really close. Hi.
1: Well, it's because <sighs>
2: I reckon. Hello. Ready? Give me a beat. What's up? Is <laughs> that a was that a didgeridoo? Is that like a like the Australian <laughs> instrument? Like a. <laughs> Another sip on the Barbie. Austria. It's a lovely accent you got there. <laughs> Austria, pump some iron <laughs> Good day, mate Good day, mate Let's put another shrimp on the barbie Let's do that Welcome to the first episode of Mad Libs podcast <laughs> Where we fill in the <laughs> voids of your life with our nonsensical bull crap
1: Yeah, exactly, because that's, that's what I'm trying to aim for Is nothing It's a podcast about nothing, how about that? Maybe I just want a podcast about nothing I guess. A bo- I, ge- I guess that works. Because technically, that's what you were telling me, son. We're fillers. We're just, we fill in the voids
2: of people's life, especially when they're bored, like they're driving or they're cooking. They just need something to listen to.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. I have the same thing. That's what I like to do. Yeah. I like to fill in my uh, my voids. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'll fill in the void. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, as we get started here, uh, I have another normal, well, fo- actually, no, he's abnormal. He's an abnormal folk, actually. This is my, my son, uh, who goes by the name of Caesar. His uh, middle name is Angel, and his last name is Flores. Yep. He, uh, But he tends to, well, everybody called him Angel, but as he's gotten older, he's gotten used to the name Caesar. It's my professional name thing. Oh, I'm sorry. It's his professional name. Yeah. So and within the family, he's known as Angel, but his uh, pro name is uh, uh, Caesar. You keep it in the family. Yeah, that's right. Roll yeah. Tide. Yeah. So basically this podcast is is about nothing and we just try to keep you entertained so we fill your voids, mm-hmm. fill your holes with our words with our thank you. With our words. Yeah. Thank uh, you. Uh, my son's got a uh, I've s- been practicing my void filling voice. He's, he's got a, a certain way of uh, of of describing certain things but as we get started here I my son actually came by and I said, What a perfect time for me and him to have a conversation since I don't see him much because he moved out and ate in October. Yeah. Uh, after a argument yeah. that we had. Yeah. <laughs> and at first I was like, jeez, but then he came back and said, No, nah, dad, guess what, Dan? I I just realized you were writing about everything. <laughs>
2: It's funny how that works. <laughs> it's funny how life works out. You right. don't really experience things until you put yourself in those situations.
1: So what have you learned in the past few, a couple of months? Actually, it's been it's three months now. Three months? Well, October, two, four months. October, October November, October, December, November, January, we're already in February. Feb- five months. It's almost been half a year. I'm going with four. Because it was mid-October that you, you, and, you, and, his, you and your girlfriend, Bailey, uh, got mad and said, we're going to go, we're going to show him. And they, and they went out, and three days later, they rented an apartment. Yeah, that was the next day.
2: <laughs>
1: talk about productivity. <laughs> the next day. Talk about making things happen. We just needed a chance. He was like, get out. And we were like, okay. <laughs> yeah, you have my permission. That's exactly what happened. You had my permission
2: to get out. I guess the biggest thing that I've learned in in the past four or five months, however long we've been gone, is you don't really understand the uh the gravity of the the kind of sacrifices that your your parents put you know put to the side for you you don't understand their sacrifices i'm 20 years old my dad had me when he was 20 and <clears throat> i can honestly say that if i had a child in the position that i'm in right now in at the same age i'd be scared shitless <laughs> So there's nothing really I can I can say other than I appreciate everything that he's done. And even though it's taken a while, he's fashioned me into a well-rounded, you know, nice, hefty adult that can handle his business. And uh, I'm on the fast track to, you know, doing the things that I I enjoy doing. I'm a weightlifter. I, I work. I cook. I went to school for a little bit, but I was too cool for it, so I was like, <laughs> "Peace." That was a stupid joke, sorry.
1: Yeah. Uh that was um, was
2: really dumb. <laughs> but uh you'll hear it on the playback, by the way. If there's anything that if there's anything that I can I can honestly say it's that you got to appreciate the things that were easy when they were being taken care of for you because now that I'm taking care of them myself, it's Definitely a lot harder, a lot more difficult, a lot more stressful. And that was never on my shoulders until I put it on mine. So be be grateful for what you have. The end.
1: Wow. That was fantastic, son. Yeah. No, I mean, and, it, and, it, and it's true, kid, because I remember, uh, and I would tell you, and saying about all these different sacrifices that, that were made for you, And as a parent, you always make them for your children and they don't understand. I know my, I know my parents made sacrifices that it wasn't until I was older that I realized they made these tremendous sacrifices and I did not appreciate anything, but I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, I've tried to basically give you the information that I had, you know, in the present moment. And then you kind of have to go and figure out yourself after that. Right. Yeah, I mean, a parent can only do what they could do with the information they have. And I've been pushing you to strive and believe in yourself. And I gave you all these different books and you read you also read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Right. I know you'd have finished reading it, but you probably got to the beginning principles of what it what it was. And you've tried it because right now, as you said, you are are weightlifting. Mm -hmm. And when you got into it, I mean, what made what made you get into it? well uh
2: after high school that was the the first time that i had gone forth to to go on my own and i had uh gone out and lived with other people before i came back home and during that time i i took my time and uh i worked tried to get stuff in order but uh i i worked at a at a pizza place (coughs) up here where we live and I've always had a a, a healthy appetite, and uh, yeah. mm-hmm. and you know pizza and soda every single day for a year is not going to do your body any good. So while I was not working out, while I wasn't I wasn't doing anything, you know, depressed on my own, you know, living on my own again with my girlfriend for the first time, I, I definitely needed some sort of escape so me and my my other best friends we took to crossfit and crossfit is you know a lot of that olympic weightlifting but mixed with a lot of other cardio a lot of other you know movements that definitely take a toll on your body
1: so it's ultimately challenging your your mind and your body
2: yeah it's definitely a big challenge to your mind and your body but the the thing that i had stuck with was the weightlifting part of it my friends are a lot smaller and a lot skinnier than i am so they were okay with running but i wasn't i was really just not for that not breathing heavy that was not my thing as you can tell um but uh i definitely took up to the weightlifting part of it because for football in high school they exposed us to you know the Olympic lifts a little bit, and they were always my favorite part of training, two, three times a week. So now I it was my opportunity. I had a gym membership, it's paying ten dollars a month, which was ideal, but I couldn't handle the the people that were there. Uh, so we ended up leaving that gym eventually. But uh, but yeah, we started doing the Olympic weightlifting. Me, myself, and I started doing that for a little bit. And then I got my girlfriend involved in it, and she started picking it up, and she started enjoying it and seeing it as something we can do together, but then she actually fell in love with it. And ever since then, you know, things kind of fell in place with us. We found other people at the gym that liked doing it. Those people introduced us to other people, and those people introduced us to our first coach, which was was our coach, Michael. And from there, we, uh, you know, he put us on programs. We got really really good and then we started competing we locally and doing local meets and you know since then i've only really been weightlifting since it's been about a year and a half and i went from you know snatching and clean and jerking 95 pounds and clean snatching 95 pounds and clean and jerking 315 pounds to within the year and a half, snatching 300, yeah, about 310 pounds, and clean and jerking 400, basically 410 pounds, which is, it's quite a jump, but again, it's, it's all about how much work you put in, how much you enjoy, if you don't do, you know, if you don't enjoy it, you're not gonna try to get better, but I'm lucky that I enjoy it, and I can, I can get better at it, well, I mean, you
1: were getting up. I remember you, I mean, you were doing it every day. Yeah. Because when you were here, every single day, you were getting up early in the morning and you were going wherever you had to go to go train. Yeah. Especially when you met up with people. Because if we go back a little bit, the networking part was interesting that when at when you started going to the gym and we would talk, it was always about make sure you meet up with people and you talk to people and they, when they're there and just introduce yourself I try to add value, et cetera, et cetera. And next thing you know, you do meet people that know other people and then you connect. Next thing you know, you got this network of people that, you know, and now you, where where you stand today is an interesting one. Yeah. Because you've I mean, all these things that have happened, it's like connect the, the quote from Steve Jobs, connecting the dots, going backwards, going backwards. Right. <laughs> so you meet Mike. and next thing you know things start kind of going from there. After
2: after meeting Mike, he introduced us to Coach Bergener, and he is a lot of people, you know, aren't familiar with weightlifting. It's a pretty uh, obscure sport in, in the United States, not as popular, but CrossFit is definitely getting up there because you see that more often. You have the CrossFit games every year. <clears throat> well, uh, Coach Bergener and his family – have definitely been a big part of the CrossFit weightlifting program throughout, you know, the start of CrossFit. CrossFit's only ten, eleven years old now. Oh really? Oh, that's young. It's only it's it's only, you know, starting to peak and getting better and better. But as as it first started, you had Coach Bergener. And before that beforehand, he's always been a weightlifting coach. He coached he coached his son, Casey Bergener. He went uh he was an alternate for the Olympics. Um you know, he coached his, his son and uh, both of his sons and his daughter, Sage, who is now our coach. And he's just a fantastic man. He's a fantastic coach. He's, he's definitely helped us out a lot. And after we met him, we started meeting people who work for the actual CrossFit organization, you know, people who work at companies that, you know, that supply clothing, recovery, a bunch of different stuff for weightlifting it's, it's one thing to be surrounded by a bunch of people in a gym that, you know, you're trying to not really intimidate or get intimidated by. You're just trying to, you know, handle your business. But when you surround yourself with people who are all interested in the same thing, same technique, same passion, it's, it's crazy how much, how close-knit a, a community like his garage is. Because his garage is open weekly. You know, we'll go and we'll train down there, and it's it's been amazing.
1: Hmm. And within that time, so up to this point, you've already done a few competitions. What was your first one?
2: So my first competition was Renatus. That was my first Renatus meet in uh, Hemet, and that one I had. I that that yeah, that was my very first one after. A twelve week program. I had uh, never really put myself out there like that before. I played sports. I've been on fields and stuff, but you know, in front there's, of crowds. There's bunch with crowds <clears throat> and team sports here in front of a bunch of people. You know, with weightlifting on a platform, it's just you, and that's that's definitely an experience that if you're afraid of being in front of people, you should. not
1: Yeah, because you make faces that you're like. <clears throat> Yeah, like grunting face. I mean, you make faces, so it's funny. Yeah, I mean, that's some people are they don't want to make faces yeah. like that. Have people see them? My my second meet
2: was it's not a real it's not an official meet. It was more of like a mock meet, but it was good to get on a platform that was at Boombox CrossFit in Temecula. Um, after that, uh, that was that was a that was a fun one to do. I had a lot of friends. I had music playing. It was it was pretty cool, but it wasn't a real meet. Uh, the third meet that I had done was, uh, that was the California State Games, and that was in San Diego, and that one was a pretty cool, one. it was a pretty, it was a, a bigger one, so there was more competition there, but being 20, I'm still considered a junior, so I had junior competition, I had people who are all the way up to under, like 20 years old or under, I'm not a junior anymore, I'm a senior, but at that point, I was competing against guys who are you know, still younger than I was. Um, and then my fourth meet, my fourth meet was in this weird transition period where I was switching up coaches from, uh, from Michael to Sage. And, and it was a really emotional time for, for me and my girlfriend. That was about the time that we had also moved out of here. There was just a lot of stuff happening at you know at the time and uh the significance about that meet was uh to to go to a national level meet I had to qualify and hit uh 300 kilogram total which is between two lifts you have to hit a 300 kilo total and and be able to compete at you know the next big meet which was the American Open which was a big national meet um I made my first attempt at snatch at 125 that was my that was my first lift and then I missed the next one and then my third attempt so that at that point my total was tw- uh one oh no no, no 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 I'm sorry it was 130 130 kilograms 286 pounds so 286 pounds snatch that's from ground to overhead in case people don't know but uh but yeah I hit 130 on my first attempt and missed my attempts at 135 And like 138 something like that I just I just missed it but at that point my my total was 130 and then it was on the clean and jerk and my first clean and jerk at 170 I cleaned it from you know ground to shoulder you have to get under it and then you had to jerk it and I jerked it and my shoulder gave out and I dropped it and that was a real bummer because my legs were tired I you know, missing one lift on a platform in front of everybody, that's definitely going to mess with your psyche a little bit. And I had missed at that point, three in a row. Uh, my second attempt at clean and jerk, my fifth lift of the day, I, I missed that one as well. I barely, I, I cleaned it, jerked it, same thing, missed it. So it was my, on my very last attempt where I clean and jerk 170 kilo, uh, kilograms, it's 370, uh, 375 pounds. And uh, I got it on my last attempt, and got at exactly 300 kilo, uh, kilogram total, and that was what quali- uh, qualified me for my American Open, uh, my first real national meet, and that was that was a crazy experience, and that was my fifth meet. Talk about being in a room with you know your idols. There's guys from the World Championship had just gone on, so there was a lot of, of the USA weightlifters that were either that didn't compete there or just kind of chilling, you know, chilling out and around. And there's just these guys that you follow on, you know, Instagram, on Twitter that are so much better and have so much years on you. And then, you know, so many years on you and they're here, they're, they're watching you, they're, they're watching you lift, they're critiquing you. And you're like, what am I doing? Who am I? What, like, who am I? This is crazy. Um, but uh, I'm lucky that I had such a such a skilled and you know professional coach with me and that was that was sage and that was the first meet that i had ever gone six for six where i hit all six of my lifts so i had a snatch pr a snatch personal best at 138 kilograms which is 303 304 pounds um and clean and jerk pr in a competition which was uh 178 kilograms which was 393 three pounds. So it was it was pretty good. And then that qualified me for nationals and that's where I'm headed to this, this May. That's gonna be fun. And that's in uh, that's in Kansas. Kansas that one's in Kansas.
1: So on, on the things that so again it's interesting how the this last competition that sent you to Anaheim. Yeah. Right. All the other ones were stepping stones to that. Yeah. Even though they were they took a while and plus in between all the training the eating, the sacrifices that you were making, I mean, you're dealing with things, life the way it goes, and you just keep keep
2: going. Yeah, you normally put on a, anywhere between 10 to 12-week cycle, uh, five, six days a week of training, and two, two and a half, three-hour training sessions each day, um... So yeah, there's a lot of that trying to balance that and and still going to work. My girlfriend was going to school at the same time, so she was trying to balance that. It's 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 crazy. It's it's definitely a lifestyle that you have to commit to and again, it's the same thing. If you love it, you love it. If you don't love it, there's really no need to do it. I was I was uh, and I think I told you about it. When I first decided that I wanted to do it and I wanted to make it something that was important and significant in my life, I had written down on my whiteboard in my room that I had wanted to compete at five weightlifting meets before I turned 20, 22, oh no, before I turned 21, Uh, excuse me, Uh, before I turned 21 and it just so happened that with my Renatus meet, which was one boombox which was two uh cal state games which was three renatus which was four i had a, a little small one in between that was again a boombox but it wasn't official i didn't really count it uh and the american open which was my fifth one my first national meet and after doing that i'm now ranked something sub 30 in the united states and i'm i'm just here now i'm year and a half in almost two years in and I'm just, I'm just getting better. So Mm. I'm, I'm excited to see what, what the future holds. And I'm, I'm in the weight class, I'm in the super heavyweight class, 105 plus kilograms, which is 230 pounds plus. So at this point I weigh about 140 kilos, which is about 308 pounds. I weigh that. Uh, And if you looked at me, you definitely wouldn't be able to see it. Because no one can ever. They're always like, "You weigh three hundred pounds." Um, uh, it's in your legs. Yeah, it's all in my legs. But, uh, but yeah, in that category, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, that's one of the categories that lasts the longest because they're super durable and they're. You no, know, you know they're lifting big weights and it it takes a toll on their body. But just as long as they can keep with it, they can. They're they're most of the huge super heavy weights can last. 10-15 years in the game so wow. that's going to be that's going to be interesting to see your athletic peak is between 27 and you're 27-30 years old so I'm 20 I have 6-7 years until I get to that point point. and 2020 that would be what is that next Olympics are 2020 and that would be a wild dream that would be a wild goal to achieve 2020 But after that is 2024, 2024, I'd be, what is it, 2018, two, six years, like, I'd be 27, 20, uh, 26, 27, 27 years old by the time the 2028 games, the Olympic games go on. And obviously that, that's, that's a big goal. If you're committed to Olympic weightlifting, you know, the Olympics, world championships, you know, Pan American championships, that's always a that's definitely you I mean no one wants to be average. Everyone wants to be the best.
1: And what's the what's the psychology behind especially when you when you were describing the, the fails that you had, especially on that one uh meet where you said that you 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 weren't getting your your lifts on those two and then you got it on the third one. I mean what goes on through your mind when you say, Dah got it like this is not working. What's your psychology like?
2: You kind of just have to go back and and think about everything that you put into it. You know, before that meet, I was on a 14-week program. And I was hitting max efforts every day. Snatch, clean and jerk, front squat, back squat, pulls. I I was thrashed by the time it was all done. I couldn't back squat because my back hurt so much. It was just crazy. Um, but still 14 weeks of, of training wasn't going to go down the drain and I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to let the bar and the weights on it be the thing that decided that I wasn't going to go to Anaheim. I was, you know, I'd put the work in, (laughs) I'd done everything. 170 kilos was a, was an easy weight for me. It was a routine lift and we were just trying to hit the numbers to 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 make it to the open normally the strategy is you want to hit your openers 130 170 300 total good at you know if i had done all that stuff if i'd hit 130 on my snatch and then clean and jerk 170 i probably would have went 175 180 something like that but you know i'm not gonna let 14 weeks of work of pain and uncomfortable positions and just straight dogging and grinding some days were just the worst i didn't want to get out of bed just to go train but you're not going to let something like being tired be the reason why you can't make it there i was gonna die on that platform it was it was and it's it's happened it's i've seen it I've seen people. It's happened to me several times where I've dropped weights on myself because I'm committed too much. But you know, you don't do this sport. You, you don't do the sport if you're gonna half asset. You don't do anything if you're gonna half asset. I had made the decision that I was gonna make the lift, and and I made it on that last one with a little help from from you know the people that were running the meet. They gave me a little bit of extra time to rest. They they wanted to see me achieve, and and that was. That was definitely something that meant a lot. everyone cheering me on. They just wanted to see me do it.
1: <clears throat> so the motivation well,
2: the drive was there. The drive was there, everything was there. It was just having to execute is is terrifying. Having to do something is terrifying and uh, especially if it's if it's something that is gonna cause you some discomfort, if it's gonna be something that causes you you know pain and strife, something that takes you out of your comfort zone it's 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 not a natural thing to do you know you're not supposed to sit with you know almost 400 pounds racked on your chest like that and and then try to go overhead with it you do it because you want to and and i
1: wanted to Hmm. that's interesting yeah i mean kid uh, i i've I've just i've been watching you and i'm just uh, i'm amazed that's why it's like wow I remember you telling me, because we would have discussions and I'd say, you know, you're not listening to this and that. And you'd be like, no, nah, Dad, I know I'm, it might sound like I'm not listening, but I'm listening. And so growing up as a teenager, I mean, is that what what's going on with teenagers? When when they're having these issues with their parents and then the parents feel like their kids aren't listening. But in reality, uh, you guys are listening.
2: It's different. It's definitely different person to person. You can't generalize a whole generation you if you're exposed to being a self-righteous prick that's going to that's always going to be what you are if if you're humble and you come from a good family where there's respect and, and you're you're taught the value of what it is to work and not have things handed to you then then you're always going to want to achieve the correct way you're not going to want things you know given to you i think kids nowadays and again, I'm 20, but I, I work in retail. I work in retail that specializes in having to work with teenagers and kids, especially high school kids that come in and they can't do anything for themselves. These kids can't think. These kids can't make decisions. These kids need their parents for everything. It's it's ridiculous. And again, it's, it's person to person, but coming from me in a position where I see them every day for months on end a lot of these kids just they they rely too much on on having things done for them and I think that's something that you've taught me that is important that I should that if if I want anything in this life I have to go get it and and that's what I've always taken to heart and that's what you know This attitude I have, this chip on my shoulder that makes me want to be the best in whatever it is I do, no matter what it is, work, training, weightlifting, you know, being a boyfriend, being a, you know, a friend. I just, I want to be the best at it. And you're not going to, you're not going to stop me. Because,
1: again, I mean, every, everybody and every thing in life has some sort of a backstory, right? Yeah. And so... To get where you're at right now, you have a lot of things that you want to to still obviously achieve and accomplish. And right now, actually, you're going to get an opportunity to be part of uh, as a sales rep, right? For what's the name, Power Dot? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, tell us about about that.
2: Uh, so
1: <clears throat> Power Dot is
2: a company out here, and uh, it's actually nationwide. But it is a company. <laughs> it is a company that specializes in uh muscle stimulation like easton units so it's basically you you put on these receptors onto your muscles so it helps with recovery warming up definitely taking the time to you know make sure that you are at your ability to perform it it definitely takes it's 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 something that you in my you know and in what i do i need recovery Recovery is the most important thing for me. I eat every day. I have to roll out. I have to massage myself. <clears throat> but this definitely takes the cake on what helps me recover faster and more efficiently. Mm-hmm. But the only reason why this opportunity presented itself is because of the, you know, that that attitude that I have to be a uh, a go-getter. You know, you have to be someone who jumps at opportunities. I have a. I I I mean I have a a cushy job. I'm I'm cool in it. I'm I'm good. I've done my time and it's reflected in my performance. And I'm in a position where I'm not struggling and I don't have to do too much. But it's complacent, and you can't really be complacent in something like work or your career. And you know I've met I met you know the one of the co-founders of Power Dot through my weightlifting and and you know, I jumped on the chance and and I'm very humbled and appreciative of the opportunity that I've been given. If 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 it wasn't for, you know, said person, I would I would definitely be stuck in a position where I wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to challenge myself and I wouldn't be I wouldn't be in a position where I can now control the things that I do just a little bit more and give myself the extra edge on how to be a, you know, a peak performing athlete, how to be, you know, the best representative that I could be. It's, it's crazy. It definitely come a long way. But the funny thing is, the funny thing is, is if I, and I know this because I've, I've sat and I've evaluated, if I hadn't moved out of this house And I didn't have to sit and really think about what I needed, which was more money to pay my bills. And if I didn't really think about at this point, like I really don't have the parachute of, you know, you or my extra family to take care of me directly, like like if it was I was if I was still here, I I wouldn't have, you know, asked the owner of the company that I work for for a raise that was given to me. I And, and, you know, I was put in a better position. It gave me a better position. That was something I'm incredibly appreciative of, but only because I, 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 I knew that I needed to act. And if it wasn't for that, I, if I wasn't for the courage to act with something like that, I wouldn't have had the courage to, to talk to that, to the, to co-founder of PowerDot. There's no way. So in a way, I've taken the time to challenge myself and, You know, put yourself in an in an opportunity. There's something that that you helped me out with, and it's that quote by Napoleon Hill. It's my screensaver on my phone, but it's that: "Do not wait; the time will never be just right. You got to start where you stand and work whatever tools you may have at your command, and better tools will come, or better tools will be found as you go along." You know, I I had to act. I had to start where I stood and and better tools have come along
1: yeah and that's that's the amazing thing about because i've been talking about intention a lot and the fact that the minute that you think about what it is that you want and you start moving towards it whatever it is that you want is out there and it comes to you in forms of opportunities like that secret where everybody keeps talking about Uh, The secret. You just don't sit on your ass and you, you know, wish for him. No, it's not. That's not what it is. Because I was telling your 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 uncle on the uh, one of the other episodes was that the the word the secret it just sounds sexy. So that's it's just a marketing thing. That's what they were using. It's like that episode of It's Always
2: Sunny in Philadelphia, where they're trying to work out the secret, and they start doing their vision boards and stuff, (laughs) and they try to do something for others, and they end up burning that poor family's house down. Yes. Yeah. I love that true. They were thinking that, that it hilarious. would just come from
1: nothing. Then <laughs> it was just ridiculous. And, and and true, some people do think that. That it's just uh let me just go ahead and sit and let me wish upon a star and wonder wonder where you are, type of thing, but it it's it, not the way it works. You, it's, don't, you don't get
2: you don't get something for nothing. And I've I've learned that the I've learned that the hard way. You definitely have to do the things that you have to do in order to do them. Um, like the tattoo on my arm, Jesus. Uh, the tattoo on my arm. Oh, my third one, my third tattoo. What do you mean your third one? The one on my left forearm. This one. Oh,
1: what? Uh, what does it say? It says,
2: "Today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't." And who's the original? It was Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. But uh, I heard it from I heard it from Matt Fraser, and he's the two-time world CrossFit champ. He's a CrossFit Games champion, but uh,
1: but I'm 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 glad I found the original source to that to, yeah. to that original quote because yeah. I always like to give credit to the person yeah. that originally said it. The cool thing about Matt Fraser was
2: was that before he was a CrossFitter, he was a weightlifter. He was an Olympic weightlifter for ten years. It wasn't until he broke his back that he had to do CrossFit after after a while. After he struggled and and had to figure out what he wanted to do. Um, if you haven't checked out the movie fittest on earth, the, the CrossFit documentary, a lot of it is, is a bunch of, is a bunch of fluff and they make things look a lot more prestigious than it is other than just dirt and grunt work, which I guess is a good thing. It's a good, it's it's a good thing for all of them, but, uh, but it's, it's hard work, man. And those guys, those guys are no joke. Those guys are awesome. But, uh, I watched it you
1: had me, uh. Sit down and watch it. Yeah,
2: but but Matt, he was he was always talking about how he's just a cool dude, and it, I think it comes from his experience as a as a weightlifter and being a, a teammate like that. But uh, but um, yeah, that that saying that it, that he said on I think it was a documentary or just a couple different videos on YouTube about him during his training. And yeah, today I will do what others won't, so tomorrow I can do what others can't. If if you're not willing to do the things that other people won't. And it's not necessarily just working harder. Sometimes it's having to work two jobs just to give yourself the freedom, you know, financially to work out, what, two days a week, something. You know, having to wake up at four in the morning to train before you go to work at seven and then getting off and then going to school after, you're going to have to do things that people aren't going to want to do. And if if you're not willing to do them, you don't deserve to do them anyway.
1: So so another. So here's the thing. Excuses. No excuses. Just you got to do it. Is that that what I mean? That's the thing about like what you're saying. Just there's no excuse for not wanting to do what it is that you want. I I mean, you can have excuses. I'm not going to have excuses if if
2: you want to have an excuse you used to have them that's that's hilarious i did i used did, to have right? a lot of them but if if you're going to have excuses there's there's going to be people who don't if you're going to have excuses there's going to be someone who is going to capitalize on that advantage that they have that you're willing to take time off you're willing to not work through it and someone's going to someone's going to jump at the chance and the opportunity
1: yeah because if if you don't want it somebody else does and it's just that's just the way it goes. So the the thing about where you're at right now, I remember we, we were having I would tell you I would tell you this sometimes because you obviously come from a, a family that is was broken because me and your mom got a divorce many, many, many years ago. Yeah. And when you came to live with me, it was hard. It was difficult. Yeah. All right. It was a struggle because I was raising you. Yeah. And we got into plenty of discussions even as you were getting older and older and then once you got into a teenager, etc. And I remember telling you one time that I said, you know, you would not be the person you are today if your mom and I would have stayed together. Well, that's true. And I think a lot of people out there that have probably gone through the same thing, uh, they, they might, you know, they might, they're might they scared because yeah things might not work out, but sometimes it actually works out. And... Depending on the attitude that you have have towards it, because i I really to this day i i 'm amazed by how much you 've taken from what i 've what i 've mentioned to you from my own experiences because that 's all you can do is hear somebody else 's experiences, and then from there you kind of say i, I don 't want that and I remember telling you a lot of things about my life, and you said yeah i don 't want this like I remember we, we would discuss something and you even got a tattoo. That you said, yeah, dad, this is because of me. What does it say? What did your tattoo say? Because you said, Dad, you inspired me to get this one. It says, Don't die before you're dead. Don't die before you're
2: dead. Yeah, a lot of people think it's stupid, but then there's a lot of people who think it's smart.
1: Well, I, I was one of the ones that said, why'd you do that? Just you should have got it. You should put it on a shirt instead. Yeah. But I mean, what's the meaning behind it? I guess the
2: meaning behind it. The big meaning behind it when I first when I first saw it was you know, a lot of people a lot of people let their shortcomings and their struggles and their negative experiences define where they are in life. And a lot of people are afraid to move forward, a lot of people are afraid to explore and expand. And that's what life is. Life is nothing but a big exploration, it's a big adventure. And if if you are afraid and complacent with with being in one spot because you don't have the ambition to grow you're you're basically as the as the meaning of my tattoo i mean you're basically dead you know you 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 don't serve a purpose to yourself you're not doing yourself you're not doing your duty to yourself of living and experiencing life so the the whole purpose was you're not supposed to die you know don't die spiritually emotionally you know ambitiously don't die in the aspects you know internally before you physically die and that's that's a big thing
1: so in other words just just existing is not good enough because if I mean, you have to do something with your existence
2: i guess i guess existing for some people is good enough if you're okay with just coasting and and drifting i mean it's again it's person to person if you're the kind of person who wants to sit at home and jerk off and smoke weed all day and play video games and I know a bunch of those guys who I went to high school with if if you want to do that all the power to you man I hope I hope that you're happy there's nothing wrong with that as long as you're happy for me that's nothing I could ever do I could never see myself being stuck in in a spot and and being there for way too long because uh, you know I couldn't be stuck in a spot where I couldn't grow where I couldn't explore where I couldn't expand and and be the best that I could be if I'm tapped out because of if I'm tapped out because of a certain level you know if I'm gonna if I'm a manager and that's as far as I can go where else can you go from there there's no there's nowhere else you can really go from there if you uh, you know if as a weightlifter I can always get better there's something I can always critique and fix and I can always get stronger that's what makes this so fun that's what makes it so entertaining for me because I can continue to go on and, and get better and better um the one thing I wanted to say was that you know a lot of people have issues a lot of people have problems a lot of people have things that are detrimental to their mental physical spiritual health but the the truth and the 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 real truth about having all those is that in this day and age nobody cares people are too self-absorbed to even give you the time of day if if you're gonna sit there and be a sad sack and 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 not wanna you know if you don't want to get better if you don't want to help yourself get better, it's 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 just detrimental to you, to everyone else. And I see that a lot with with a lot of people who have, you know, a lot of people who have struggles. I have struggles. I've had a crazy life, and my dad can vouch for that. And, you know, I've seen people who have it much much easier than me and i know them personally who are sitting there sitting there struggling to get out of bed because they don't like their job i was sitting there struggling to get out of bed because they can't handle having to drive an hour to go train it's 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 insane to me how people who struggle the least in life end up struggling the most personally. I don't I don't understand that. But I appreciate the struggle that I've had because anything that you do, anything that you try to do, if you want to be the best at it, there's going to be adversity. You're going to have someone who wants to be better, you're going to have someone you you're going to have injuries, you're going to have people who want to take it from you, you're going to have something and if you can't deal with a little adversity at a small level, there's no way that you can handle the, the pressure of, of being the best at an elite level.
1: Yeah, so that's why a lot of times, I mean, psychology plays in everything. I mean, we've always talked about that because I'm always in. Uh, uh, to me, psychology is everything. If your mind isn't right, if your mind is not in the right place, if your mind, I mean, we're always battling with our minds. That's why your girlfriend's a psychologist, huh? There is no girlfriend. But it is interesting, though, that uh, she's, a, she's into psychology. <laughs> Shame my girlfriend, though. But, yeah, psychology is a huge thing. Right? Psych- psychology is everything. It's what makes you do what you do and don't do what you don't want to do, et cetera, et cetera. It, it is. It's in it's everything. That's why growing up, again, a lot of people out there have it worse. A lot of people have it better. And it's funny how sometimes those things swap. The people that have it so good struggle. The people that have it bad are better.
2: I just got back from a vacation. Me and Bailey went up to see her mom up in uh, the Sacramento area, and we drove from Southern California. So that total is like an eight-and-a-half, nine-hour drive. So on our way back, we listened to a lot of podcasts. Uh, The Brute Strength podcast, which is really great. Uh, Mike Cajou. And his wife, Adi, they do a great job. But uh, but he had on a, um, a psychologist, I can't remember the name, but basically the thing that he explained was the person who, if you put two people in the same situation, same physical strength, same, you know, in a controlled experiment, same physical strength, same height, same width, same, you know, Anything, same circumstance, the person who's gonna win is the person who can mentally handle the capacity more. And and I, I think that the people who can take the time to appreciate their struggles and, and realize that the worst isn't the worst most of the time. Uh and they can get through it that you know when it comes up to when it's down to you and somebody else if if you can
1: mentally handle it you're going to win every single time yeah and and everything and and again of course there's always things in life that might happen where no matter how good your psychology is it's not it's not going to help uh if you injure yourself if you have a loss in something so how long how long do you plan on being Uh, weightlifting what's your intention with it the length of it the the absolute what do you want to do what's your end result remember we always talk about what's your end result what is it that you want out of it if we're gonna reverse engineer it Gary Viet oh yeah Gary Viet Um,
2: that's the the end goal for me and my best friend Corey and my best friend Austin has always been to open a gym together because for a lot of for all three of us, really, CrossFit and weightlifting has done a lot for us. Austin is now <clears throat> because of CrossFit and in the best shape of his life, and he's at the he's in the fire academy. He's going down to Palomar and He's doing that for five months. And he was just telling me how much easier it is for him because he's done it. And then Corey, he's taking the time to do his weightlifting and his CrossFit, but he's joining the military. He's joining the army soon, and uh, within the next year, he's going to get shipped out and you know do all the stuff but if it wasn't for crossfit he i'm sure basic training would be a lot harder for him and the mental fortitude that that you build being in bad situations because if anyone's done an absolute hard workout where you're pushing yourself to your absolute max every single time whether it's max weight or max speed you you know that it's it's difficult to stay there and and if they didn't do it it's it would definitely be negative in the long run, but uh, but yeah, we want to open a gym. Um, I guess in the long run, the thing that I want to do is be a coach, a weightlifting coach. Because if uh, I have all the I I would have all this knowledge and experience, I would want to share that with somebody else. But there's, I mean, with that you make your schedule, you do whatever you want to do, but, you know that's, that's the, that's the end goal. It's just, it's just trying to, trying to be happy because if there is anything that weightlifting has taught me, it's discipline in a lot of things I do, you know, no one's telling me not to drink alcohol or not to smoke weed or not to do heroin or overeat all the time. I'm telling myself not to do that because you know, I have water testing, you know, if, if I go to, if I go to nationals and I rank top three, I, and I get popped for a drug, I get banned. So can't do that, you know, so I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to take performance enhancers. I'm just going to, I'm going to work as hard as I can. You know, I eat, I'm on a strict diet to fuel myself properly. You know, I'm eating the stuff that I need to eat. I don't really, Partake in alcohol that much. It's just fun sometimes, but realistically, you know, you you, when something's important, you want to take care of it, and and I definitely take the time to take care of it, and 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 just kind of perfect everything about it. If you want to be the best, you got to be the best all around, not just the best in what that one aspect is. It's a lot of things that add up to the big picture. It's a Hmm. lot of puzzle pieces.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of things to it. And remember last time you, you, you texted me and you said, Dad, something about work. What was it? You said, why is it that you sometimes you hate your job and so-and-so? Right? You were saying that? What job? You remember? I don't know. You just said, why is it that you feel like you want to do something else and you're stuck where you're at and blah, blah, blah.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, the retail job that I work at doesn't
1: necessarily... Pertain anything to weightlifting it has nothing to do with it. No, but the, the the question that you or the comment that you had was, why is it that you know is it normal to feel that you, you don't want to be sometimes here la la and, and I remember telling you that well it's kind of like one of those things where ninety nine percent of the people complain and only one percent do something about it. Well, yeah, that's what separates everyone.
2: Well again, a big a big part of it is because not it doesn't pertain to the things that interest me in life. I'm lucky that you know, this, this new opportunity that I have is, is something that it's, it's something that the lifestyle surrounded by it is the stuff that I do. It's the stuff that I'm familiar with. It's surrounded by people that I like and enjoy talking to and being around. And it's just, it's fun for me. Now, the other job is it's a job and, and I enjoy it. I'm good at it. And I like the people that I work with, but it's, you know, in the, in the long run, selling and renting Tuxedos isn't going to be the thing that gets me to be, you know, gets me to the position where I am to compete on a on a national scale. You know, most Olympians are eighty to one hundred thousand dollars in debt because of the fact that the U.S. Olympic Committee doesn't support them. They don't get they don't get massive stipends. They get endorsements by their, you know, by their. By the brands that back them up, they get certain stuff. But I was watching something the other day with uh, with an Olympic snowboarder. He's something like hundred thousand dollars in debt because you know the Olympic committee isn't isn't helping them out. You know, and he's a he's a mechanic. He's a mechanic wow. on the side of of being an an Olympic snowboarder. So if I'm in a position where I'm surrounded by people that I enjoy in a in in a job field that is basically surrounded by the people that I train with. That's that's the best thing that I can do for me.
1: So what else? What would you like to tell other twenty year olds or people that are under twenty about what you've experienced this this far that they could use as for in their lives? You know, something valuable that they could take with them. And basically, you just think about don't be a bitch. When you come in and
2: in anything that you do, whether it's and take it as as you want it, take it as you want. It. If it's if it's being, you know, a scaredy cat, or if it's being rude, whatever you interpret being a bitch is. The the overwhelming majority of of people that I've met in their search for figuring out what they want to do in this time of their life, you really you really have no time to be afraid. You have no time to be rude. You have no time to take things for granted and be just ungrateful. You have to be brave. And I'm sure I could have worded it better.
1: Oh, uh, you could try. I mean, you could try right now if you want. How do you want to word it better? You just got to start.
2: You just got to go. You don't have time to dilly dally and, and slap dick and, and not do anything that's important. If it's important to you, you have to go for it. The thing that a lot of people that I know from my high school, they, you know, all the people who wanted to go to school and want to go to college, I'd say at least 50% of them are back home. Mm. A lot of them are back home. A lot of them are getting married and having kids and it's ridiculous because they're as old as I am
1: yeah well, do you imagine yourself uh, being no. a father right now no way yeah no one imagine myself being a granddad right now thank you very much appreciate what,
2: that but you just have to go if you don't go if you don't attack it if you don't show the world how tough you are if you don't show everyone how tough you can be no one's gonna no one's gonna know and that's the most important part. The, the most important thing for me, the most, the most impressive and it's on my Instagram as, and it's labeled as the greatest thing that I've ever done. Uh, it was my 178 kilo clean and jerk at the American open. I was on a platform broadcast to the entire country, but also the hundreds of people in the stands. It was crazy. It was a crazy environment. I had people behind me that were competing. I came second in my flight, and and that's I mean it's it's pretty unheard of for someone who's so green to the sport. It's just you know you have to have that fire, and you have to have that tenacity. I mean the the guy who who I came one place in front of Shane Sevick. He's been he's been weightlifting for a long time, and he's forty. He's and he's really good. He's he's a really good guy. And he and when someone like that comes up to you and he says that he, he's excited to see you continue on weightlifting, especially because of how strong and how young I am, that's that's that to me is is something I'm incredibly proud of. You know, if you don't show the world what you're made of and people don't get a, a sense of it, no one's gonna know how good you can be.
1: Yeah, and. One thing that I think you said that motivated you also to get into this was when that experience with your teacher in high school. Oh yeah. All right. Isn't that what kind of you said it got it got you started?
2: It didn't get me started. I, I learned to move past that because there's no real there's no real room to have that kind of negativity in in your heart. It's it's over and done with, and it was and what was said was said. But overall. Um, I was part of leadership of a leadership group in in high school. That uh, that took care of, uh, the lower classmen or the younger classmen coming into the into the school. So the freshmen, I was I was at this point, uh, you're in the you're in the group for two years. You apply to it. You get interviewed. You get entered, and and it was you know, it's a big deal. Uh, so I made it my junior year. I was in the classroom portion, which was the bigger, more important part of of the actual leadership group. Both years, um, but the teacher that was part of the group, or well, the teacher that that ran the group, had some sort of animosity towards towards me, uh, and and I can understand where. I came off as a lazy apathetic teenager but she didn't know what was going on at home for me she didn't know what was happening she didn't know any of my backstory, as in depth as it as it was and and she chose to she chose to judge me um you know and 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 this was someone who i thought who came off and told us all that she was our mom you know she was our, our mother she was our protector and she Loved each and every one of us and and then she went and 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 judged me so after after leaving home the first time when i was like 18 and then going to school for a little bit i decided that i wanted to play baseball again because i've always played baseball i was always really good at it um but i went back to i went back to school because i had a counselor there that i really enjoyed he played baseball at ucla he was a pitcher he was really really good and and i want to know if there was any contacts that he had that i can you know talk to somebody and I went and I talked to him. And afterwards, I accidentally ran into that teacher. And, and she's like, come in and let's talk for a little bit. And I'm like, okay. So I explained to her my plan. That I was going to move back home, play baseball and whatnot. And, and be as good as I could be at baseball. And she told me that I had uh, these things called Caesar dreams. And I asked her, what's that? And she said uh you, you you have caesar dreams and these dreams are dreams that you have that are so big that they're impossible to achieve and when you fail you get to tell everybody about them and that's what you really want you want their sympathy and their empathy and you want them to feel bad for you and that's what you want and it kind of took me aback because i had never heard such cruel un you know intentional intentionally cruel words from somebody who was supposed to be the voice of anti-bullying which was hilarious now to look back on that but she told me that I had dreams that were too big and and that hurt and then I, I held on to that for a long time and it, it made me depressed and it made me sad and, and then I and then I started weightlifting and did and, and now look where I'm at you know do you you don't run into people who who hate like that because of because because they just hate you, you you run into those kinds of people because they they couldn't achieve what they wanted for themselves. They're jealous. They 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 think small, and those small thinkers can't. She was trying to detract me from from what it, what my dreams were, because someone probably did that for her. So over time, I, I I thought about it and I wasn't angry at her. I I felt bad for her. You know, I, I wish somebody would have told her that she could have been more than an English teacher teaching at a high school and and doing her leadership stuff. And, you know, if, if she had bigger dreams than that, bigger aspirations, she should have went for them before she, before she settled, if that's what she ended up doing. And if not, if that's exactly what she wanted to be, good for her. But just because you get to a point where you're comfortable and you can you're in a place of authority or or you have experienced more you shouldn't ever try to take away from someone who's a dreamer that's that's the worst thing that you can do and 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 it just goes to show that no matter what no matter what anyone tells you you don't have to listen to anybody the person you have to listen to is yourself if you know that you can do it if, if you know that you can get up on a platform in front of the country and do it, if you know that you can get up every morning and go run a mile by yourself, even you know, if if you have to stay up because you're working on something that's more important than what you're doing right now, like a second website or another job, another opportunity, something that you dream that you can do, that's what you need to do. You gotta do the things that other people won't. So tomorrow you can do the things that other people can't. And I believe she didn't do those things. And and that's where and that's where she's at now. So you use that as a little bit of inspiration and motivation? At, to... at first at first it was inspiration. At first it was negative inspiration. I was mad. I was pissed off and I didn't wanna I didn't want it to be true. I didn't want it to be the thing that was was true about me. Uh, and then later on, I use it as, as, as a, not an inspiration, but a reminder that there are people, that are people out there that are, that are gonna try to knock you down, and you can't listen to those people. And then, and then, and then now it's just a reminder to me that I was right in the end. I was right. Not her. I'm the one who's correct. I'm the one who is. Living out my dreams, and not waiting on anybody, because I chose to, not because she said that I couldn't.
1: Yeah, because at the, at the end of the day, you can't let other people create dreams for you. I mean, they're yours. Yeah, and you gotta you gotta go after them. Yeah, yeah I I uh I agree. All right, so we're ending the show. Is there? An, I know you already mentioned a quote. Is there another quote that you want to give out? The one there the
2: rules to life by Arnold Schwarzenegger his six rules to life rule number one you have to trust yourself rule number two you have to break the rules rule number three you can't be afraid to fail rule number four don't listen to the naysayers rule number five you got to work your butt off and rule number six you have to give back all of those if you do all those every day you're going to have an edge on whatever it is that you do. If you live your life by those principles, you're, you're, gonna,
1: you're definitely going to see some progress on whatever it is that you do. All right. Nice. And with that, I think we'll go ahead and end there. So I'd like to thank my uh, my kid here, Cesar A. Flores, with us. And until next time, thank you for listening. And this is me signing off. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: Well, that was the episode that I recorded with my son. Uh, As you can see, he's quite, uh, quite the character in a way. And he's actually pretty wise for his age, which I have been very impressed. And as much as I've tried to teach him, he's actually taught me. So... But again, as a parent, you have to be open to that. And actually, as a person, you just have to be open to that. That's about it. Thank you very much for joining this conversation. I hope you got something out of it. And I hope it it maybe inspired or touched something inside you. So You can follow my son on Instagram if you like on WL underscore CZAR. So WL underscore CZAR on Instagram. Remember, go out there and make it happen. And it all starts with your mind the psychology that you basically have is what shapes who you are and shapes what's what you what you're gonna do with your life. So with that being said, thanks for listening once again to this episode and until next time see you later.